Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Deeper Life. It's me, Alexis Teichmiller, and today on the podcast, I have one of my dearest old friends, and we've been friends for like probably six years now on the interwebs. Blair Ward, welcome to the Deeper Life. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited that you're here. So we met, what year? 2016? 15 or 16. 16. Yeah. 2016 at the Summit of Greatness, which was Lewis House's, uh, like, the first time we put on the conference is whenever we met. Yeah, his first ever Summit of Greatness conference. And I just walked up to this beautifully stunning, glowing person. You just glue, or like glue, glue, you glowed, you glowed, you radiated throughout the room. And if anyone's ever met Alexis in person, she just lights up any room with her smile and sparkle. And I was like, who is this person? And we just, yeah, we've been friends ever since. That is so sweet. You can't see it, y'all, but I'm beaming at Blair. I'm just like (laughs) smiling really big. That's true. You have glow energy, whatever that means. You. I I love you because you're so relatable. You know, I feel like that I think that's something when women meet women, there's like this like a little bit of this like are we going to are we going to compete, you know? No. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I it's not something I love, but it is something that does come up and that was something I automatically connected with you because you were just so relatable and I didn't feel like I had to be anyone other than myself with you. Yeah. And that's such a gift. Like you that's a gift that you give people. It's thank you. It's um huge you're you're so the competition thing is actually biological primal and very very real especially in an environment where there's not equality has still not been reached with women and especially in terms of entrepreneurship and so when a woman is able to encourage and empower another woman it's the most beautiful thing and that's why last time we connected I talked to you about we need to stick together. And the more, every time you meet someone that sees your magic, just stay with them and keep supporting them. Cause it is rare. It is rare to find other women that are fiercely supporting um, each other. So yeah. And, and it's genuine too. Like there's a genuine, a genuine energy. So I'm, I'm excited to have you on the show because y'all Blair just launched a book which is a big freaking deal. 10 dudes. Oh, yeah. It's kind of 10 dudes. What a it. title. 10 dudes. Okay. So before we dig into the book, I'd love for you to just kind of like give everyone a brief background of who you are, what you do, and then we can dig into all things 10 dudes because I'm really looking forward to that. Awesome. Okay. Brief intro. So I grew up in beach towns my whole life in California. So hippie, girl probably introduced to homeopathic, naturopathic, and holistic versions of healing my whole life, unlike a lot of the United States. But with that being said, also grew up in a situation around a lot of artists, a lot of chaotic energy, and struggled with, um, I guess to say I was born with a heart problem. So from a baby, I was dealing with a lot of illness. And anyone who has ever struggled with a physical illness of any sort knows that it creates a very confusing relationship with your body from a young age because you feel out of control with it. You feel like it's not yours and you get this adverse relationship, like your body's fighting against you, not for you. And so, and then I also 
dealt with some sexual assault stuff, which just heightened the issue from a really young age. Um, so with all that being said, really struggled growing up with mental health and physical health issues my whole life. And because of that, was very interested in the self-development industry at a young age. So I went to college for for communication, studied abroad in Thailand for health communication, and really became interested in the mind-body connection. And that's what led me to graduate, go to Los Angeles, and become Lewis House's intern, his very first intern. So he's a big um, guy in the self-development entrepreneurial space and dove into everything self-development, that community, that's where I met you. And I wasn't doing entrepreneur stuff myself, but that's what started off. I kind of had already been very interested. So while I was working with Lewis, I was also working in Sony Pictures Entertainment and Marketing, specifically consumer insights, and then a little bit of human resources. So everything people facing and my specific interest was trying to understand why humans did what they did and and the concept of an avatar and um, understanding people was also a very early on concept introduced to myself. So when I studied marketing, I realized that it's, it was, try, there was, the, the lessons I was learning were trying to standardize humans. And from the health perspective that I had, I knew that humans should be individualized, not standardized, because we're not, we don't have standardized brains, right? We're all so different. So that led me into really diving into philosophy, psychology, and specifically social experiments, trying to understand what made humans tick. And at the time, uh, same time I met you in 2016, I didn't have my own entrepreneurial idea, but Lewis asked, like, what are you passionate about? And my answer was people, but specifically in terms of health and their relationships with themselves and then others. And serendipitously, I was tasked at the PR firm I was at to do a competitive analysis of dating apps, which were just booming at the time about six years ago, Tinder, Hinge, Bumble. And now we have obviously Raya League, OK Meets, or uh, Coffee and Bagel, OK Cupid, all those things. And the apps had transitioned from being online websites to what they are now, which acts absolutely transformed the dating landscape. It's ever changing, but it gave us a complete turn to where now in 2021, 70% of people are on dating apps. So long story short, I dove into a massive social experiment and which is not ethical whatsoever, by the way, after getting my master's degree in health psychology, the fact that I did all this without people's consent is not ethical, but I did it probably one of the largest non-consensual social experiments that I've read of in a while since probably 2015 when someone did something similar. But I dated hundreds of guys, probably talked to thousands, and then uh, all on the dating apps and then in person. And then I documented my experiences on a blog. That blog became well-known, not like viral, but hundreds of thousands of reads at least around the world. And then six years later, um, turned it into the book, which is out now and sold out. So that's what I'm, and so that's my, my spiel into who I am, but I'm basically like a social psychologist by 
definition. And I, I coach now, um, but my, mainly for people who really struggle specifically with relationships and um, whether that be with their self, with like body image or with connecting with others and then psychological, uh, psychiatric concerns. So uh, anxiety, depression, eating disorders, and more of the serious stuff um, is what I try to address on my day to day. So that is the spiel into who I am. It's crazy, but that's where life has taken me. So I love it. And I just want to acknowledge everything that you've been through and how you have worked through that individually and then found the um, the compassion and empathy and strength to turn and, and use that to help other people. I think that's your superpower and it's not easy, right? Because there's something about taking our trauma and using it to help other people who have similar traumatic experiences. Yeah. And that sometimes means we live, we relive our trauma a lot. Oh yeah. You're diving into every time. And I know you know this cause you coach, but every time, obviously there has to be a professional barrier there, but the good coaches are paid the big bucks when they know that every time they're going to go into a session with a client, there's a part of them that has to revisit their trauma day in and day out. I mean, even reading my book, I, every time I read it, I cry every single time. And it's like, you, I knew every time I would sit down to, to write it or um, read it to someone else or every time I sat down with the client to discuss it and the context of it and content of it, I would be diving back into some trauma. So recreationally choosing and voluntarily choosing to relive your trauma constantly is within itself a very interesting career. But yeah, people and you do that. That's what I admire about you. Yeah, it's a part of, I think it's something that you're either really drawn to, or it's something that you almost like, you can heal, close a chapter, there's still healing, there's layers to healing, right? Like, Uh healing is not a checkbox, but then they're like an accountant. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's amazing, you know? I know, that's amazing. (laughs) We need accountants. Um, Okay, so tell me how, because you and I had a kind of a conversation off the podcast, but you know, so much of the research you were doing and all the documentation and the blogging, you know, you were in it. Mm-hmm. And now it's been, you know, five, six years Long time. since this. And now the book is out. And so I'm curious, like that, as time has gone, how has it been between who you were then and kind of who you are now? God, yeah. It's like, that was... The reason why I didn't put the book out is because I was so afraid of what people would think. And because I had educated, I, okay, the writing with the book, the research in it, the citations, everything was just the beginning of me diving into PubMed, Psych Info, Google Scholar, and learning how to properly cite and read articles written by doctors. And now, if you were to ask me now, like day in and day out, that's all I'm doing is hanging out, reading all the science on different various topics, but it's, I was frustrated because, so back then everyone was, um, was like, put it out, turn it into a book, but I had extreme anxiety fueled by perception management, um, a deep perception management issue. I'm a recovering people pleaser And uh, I'm still probably a people pleaser. I think I'll always be recovering from that. But 
I was so, I would have like, I had to go to a therapist because it was one of those things when people would message me about the book or ask me to be on their podcast like this, or how ask me to post on social media. Hey, can we help you market this? I, I would turn off my phone and throw it against the wall, like crying, like panicking, knowing I had to put myself out there because the second you put yourself out there, you're going to get judged. And I didn't like that. And I knew you could be the ripest, juicy speech in the world, but someone's not going to like you. I was so concerned with what other people would think because I knew what I was doing was not normal and different from what, like my whole image I'd created was this lady, but I had been a CEO of this organization, $26.8 million organization at the age of 21, which I left out of that story. But massive deal was going to the Capitol, talking to politicians, wearing business suits and created this very serious poker face, lady boss image of myself that even Lewis and other people knew that's who they hired on. And no one had gotten to know the artistic, creative, social scientist freak that I was. Um, So it took six years to put it out because I was so nervous about um, what people thought. And now reading this book, it is all very, I went through the whole thing and everything is very relevant and still up to date with the times and things people need to know if they are trying to better understand love and um, mate attraction and basically how to get someone to be in love with you or how to fall in love with yourself. Like all of that is in here, but, um, I would totally write a different book now if it's, it's frustrating. Cause like I, if you told me to do this experiment again, the writing would be better. The book would be different. I would do everything differently. So it's almost like this is a memoir, but the beauty about it is you hear the raw, real mistakes that I made that everyone still makes in the pursuit of love. And, um, so it's a diary and you get to understand the thoughts of someone who's feeling very unlovable and trying to find herself. And that's the beauty of it. But I almost didn't put the book out for that exact reason you asked. I was like, should I be putting a book out six years after this social experiment happened? But to be fair, the social experiment lasted up until like the story goes up until this year. So yeah, so it's, You'll, the ending is quite different and I don't know, whatever, how to turn it into a book. It's a, it's a big thing. It's like 360 pages. So, uh, and yeah. well, let's talk about the, um, first off, like when you put art out there, there's that constant worry about what someone's going to think of you. Mm-hmm. Um, y- your words are perception management. Mm-hmm. Can we dive into that? Yeah, totally. <laughs> yes. I also struggle with that very yeah. deeply and um, not to go too deep because I, I mean, I really want uh, to hear your experience with this, mm-hmm. but I really relate to like, I'm very professional. Mm-hmm. I want people to take me seriously, was in rooms with decision makers at a very young age and had yeah. to really like project this this persona almost Mm -hmm. of like, I have it all together. Mm -hmm. I'm incredibly professional and like, I'm going to get shit done. Yeah. And on the other side that I'm incredibly goofy and I love laughing and like, I like making people smile and I like to, I like to dance. Like I, I have this other side of me that 
is a lot more approachable. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sometimes scared, even in marketing, you know, and like branding, I'm scared to be my real self. Yes. You know, so I'd love to hear like how you navigated that now. Like, how do you navigate the perception management now that you have the awareness, but it still comes up, like it doesn't go away. Yeah. Well, number one is I have a coach and he holds my brain accountable because some, even as a site, like every coach needs coach, every psychologist needs a psychologist. So if you're listening to this and you haven't done coaching with Alexis yet, you should. Um, But I have a coach and he was just messaging me today talking about, um, I was like, I want to, I originally wrote the book with a pseudonym. I didn't want to be any part involved with what this story was because it's chaotic, right? It's like, it's crazy. Like I had dating hundreds of people. You never would have thought this tight up, tightened up like business suit girl would be doing this. It was, it was a total behind the scenes thing I was doing that no one would have guessed. And I wanted to keep it that way. But I actually had to change my life and I had to start dressing what made me feel comfortable and like acting in the ways that made me feel comfortable. And I don't have it figured out. And unfortunately for marketing purposes, um, it really sucks because with this story, you don't want, I mean, with my book, the cover is a picture of me, but it's an illustration because I didn't want it to be my face because I wanted more people. I mean, this could easily be Alexis too. It's just a girl with her hair, her hair in a bun. You have a bun on today, not me. So yeah. um, I didn't want it to be related with me because I wanted people to understand the art and connect with that. Just as you want people to connect with your message. Um, but at the same time, I need to be obsessed with the truth. And if I'm in line with my moral compass, the I know, and these are the words from my coach, not even myself. He's like, you, you know, what's true and you know, what's not true. So ask yourself every decision you make, is this true? Is this my truth? And um, I don't know if I figured it out yet, to be honest, I posted this video about how I don't know how to market earlier. And with my, with my partner, my partner and I were, um, going back and forth about how I don't understand marketing. So I haven't quite figured it out. Like I don't have the biggest following. I don't have, I have a strong readership. I have a strong fan base. It's not millions of people. It's barely thousands. So I haven't figured that out, but I do know when you find your niche, um, it helps and my niche is growing. And then I also know that the more comfortable you're able to feel in your skin, the more it allows other people to feel comfortable, comfortable in theirs. And so, um, but the, the line between professionalism and being personal is so blurred right now in marketing. I agree. It's really blurred. I'm closing my blinds real quick. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I haven't figured it out. I have no honest answer. I just know myself. I'm going to choose. I have to choose to be me because that's what the whole book is about is authenticity. So, and I think that's beautiful. Like the fact that you don't have this buttoned up five-step answer Uh just goes to show that we're human beings. Like it's a part of our humanity and we're never going to know all the answers. And I, I love that. I I honestly don't know either. It does come back to my center. Like I have to recenter and come back to what is true for me and who am I? That's, that's like my question. I, yours is like, what is true? Who am I and how am I showing up as my full self in this situation? Um, I'm curious 
about the book, like you're like, it's chaotic. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, give us some of those details if you, if you want, like give us us the, give us the tea. So the last thing I wanted to say about your comment is it's difficult. It's more difficult being a woman, like for sure. Um, like right now, women, their, our hair is harder to maintain, could make us look less sleek than the guy sitting next to us, right? Our outfits and the detail that, okay, what, if you're, if you align with being whatever you are on the spectrum of masculine and feminine, no matter what gender you are, if you align with being more feminine, then perhaps you're like wearing earrings like you are, or like adornments on your clothes. Like you have the, the little sleeves. I have the tassels. Um, Maybe my hair is like wavy and curly. I don't know. It it really, this is what I realized that I had a conversation with someone the other day. You can be buttoned up, professional, get your shit done, kill it in the workspace and look however you want to look. And you can be whoever you want to be as long as you're meeting deadlines, endlines, getting the results, getting the numbers. And the person that felt like she gave me freedom to do this was the CEO of Sony Australia, who now is below the president and the Sony division that I used to work at in Culver city. One of the most powerful women executives in the entertainment industry, Kim overall is this beautiful, um, super feminine woman wearing all the jewelry, all the fun clothes. She shows up to work in like different patterns and crazy clothes. And She's taken so seriously at every table and she kills it. She's at work on time. She goes home late. Like she focuses on her health, focuses on her family. But I stayed in her home for a while and she was out there gardening with flowers. Everything smells beautiful. She's cooking in her kitchen. She's constantly still aligning with what's true to her. And she's someone that gave me freedom to be me. Like I never would have worn this sweater with all the tassels on your podcast a year ago. Um, Cause I just wouldn't think that aligned with who I was. So yeah, it's just, it is way more difficult for women to gain that respect, but the more women who stick up in our warriors and just show up as themselves, the more we will allow other women to do the same. And um, you are that like what you put out on social media is brave and courageous and amazing and I love you for it so thank you 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 are braver than I so far um and bravery bravery is um so subjective right like it's something that is personal and something I've really been leaning into this year is re-evaluating what my version of professionalism is and because there's kind of this like corporate professionalism. Yeah. But then we're in like entrepreneurial world, tech world, startup world. So what is professional there and does it translate? Yes. And honestly, like the the thing I've really worked on this past year, um, in the spring, I stopped putting filters on all of my so like really? on, on my on my feet. No, no, not on my feet. On my feet, I still use filters. Mm-hmm. I'm so I'm working on that. But on my stories. Mm-hmm. I don't filter any of my stories. Like, really? if a, yeah, if I take a photo, that's exactly what the photo is on my phone. Wow. Um, and really trying to capture like dressing up, wearing leggings, wearing yeah. an oversized hoodie, makeup on, makeup off, like hair, hair, good hair, do whatever, it. sweaty. Like um, that was a big growth thing for me was that's like, amazing. Hey, removing the removing the barrier of just like that realness of like this is real 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 yeah. real, real. <laughs> well you do it amazingly i mean i think that you're one of the first 
that I follow that actually does that. So I'll follow your lead. I'm not there yet either, but um, I actually, I do a little bit of both. I try mo- most of the time. I'm it's interesting. I'm a very hard worker, but most of the time I'm a mess. Like hair, and you saw me on the last time we met. Like hair and a bun on my head and sweatshirt. So um, it was almost a, it was almost a perception management doing this dating experiment, having to dress up every night and go out and date all these guys. Yes, <laughs> okay. So hard for me. So I'd love to like dig into that the dating part, the putting yourself out there part the learning about love, learning about your version of love too. Cause like yeah. love is not the same for everyone. Yeah. So I'm curious what that journey was like for you. Yeah. And the first thing to say is that you're so right. I'm obsessed with not standardizing things, which is what I love about this book is that love is unique to you, whatever that means. And um, so what my experiences were. Okay. Well, I hopped on all the apps that I could at the time, made profiles and then swiped hundreds of times a day then match whoever I matched with and connected with. Cause I truly was in my heart of hearts on the search to, um, find love. I had just been in a seven year relationship and then a four year relationship and been heartbroken and had been in relationships my whole life. So didn't know I was one of those basket cases I hate to say it but you know those friends where you look at them and you're like you need to stop talking about this you need to move on you need to get help like I was a mess I truly was after my heartbreak so and I didn't have an identity outside of my partner um so that was I not only was doing like a love experiment but I was doing a identity glow up or like overhaul or makeover trying to figure out who I was um so I a lot of people say you have to love yourself before you love someone else that ended up happening in the process but uniquely I found how to love myself through all these people hundreds of people because people mirror us right and every single person we meet we meet for a reason like I see so much of myself in you and vice versa and we connect on such a deep level because of things that we've been through which is why I think you just radiate this beautifulness about you but I um I think with everyone I met what you what you learn in the book through my dating experiences no matter how bad or good they are is you learn something from each person. And in turn, if you practice and apply what you learn through the exercises in the book, you'll grow and learn to love yourself at the end, which is what I did. So I ended up being single for five and a half years, which may not be long for some, but for me, that's the longest time I ever was single. Um, and, and the dating experiences ranged from really funny, um, stories that make you laugh um guys I was just thinking about it yesterday but me walking for miles in the rain in heels with guys down streets just to put their bikes on bike racks or being told being told by the guys that um I reminded them of this person or that having really awkward odd experiences where they're dropping their towel in front of me like just very funny rom-com type moments, spitting out my drinks on them, figuring out food was on my face, like all of the dating horror stories you you would think. But then there's like some serious ones. I experienced sexual assault. That's in a chapter in the book by, by, by a guy, which brings up the true realities of what it means to be a female 
or a person, not just female, a bunch of people get um, molested, sexually assaulted, but what I'm so sorry that happened to you. But yeah, I mean, well, thank you. It happened growing up, but it happened during here too. And it, and it, even from that person though, I call him the monster dude. And the whole reality is I learned we all have a monster in us. We all have darkness in us. We all have shame, embarrassment, and things we need to work through and motivations that aren't pure. And so he actually caused me to look into myself and see what parts of me are kind of smelly and suck and do I need to look into what drew me to this person, oddly enough, and what part did I play in this tango of what happened and how can I take responsibility for it's never anyone's fault to experience this circumstance but how can I take responsibility for how I show up in the world to be less like him is what I mean to say um so it gets really deep there I had men call me fat comment on my body image I was in LA um guys can be really shallow in the land of plastic but um, and of, of course, not all of this is explained in the book because I wasn't comfortable enough with myself to be that truly honest and authentic, but there is a lot of authenticity in there. Um, funny stories that will make you laugh, sad stories that will make you cry. And what I've heard is that will take you through all the emotions, being in love, finding your one true love, your partner, um, or the person you think you're going to spend forever with, the rejection, the heartbreak. Um the highs, the lows, the in-betweens, all of those dating experiences are documented in here. So. Mm -hmm. I have so many, so many thoughts, so many things. Thank you for sharing that too. I know that's, even though it's written on paper, it's also different to say it out loud. Yeah. Um, And I I acknowledge that, that it's, it's um, hard every time you say it hard, every time you share it. Um, Mm -hmm. Would you write another book? Woo! Um, would I write another book? This was the, not the hardest thing I've ever done. The hardest thing I ever did was other things. Um, but this is one of the hardest professional things I've ever done. And I do, unless I had a public, I self-published this. And I, I would tell someone to self-publish if they have the time to just kill themselves over something. But I would never most likely self-publish again because um, it was so hard. But yeah, I'll, I'll write more books in the future. I'm already thinking about what I want to talk about next. And uh, so we'll see. But we'll have to be with the publisher, not self-publishing again. Do you mind sharing like one or two things that really stick out to you against self-publishing? Yeah. So, okay, well, here's the thing. If you're going, I help a lot of people now publish books. and. Um, Okay, if you're going to self-publishing is going to keep your cost down. You're looking at 20 grand investment versus 40 grand investment, 50 grand investment if you're working with a publisher. Self-publishing allows you to keep more of the profits where you can control if you're using Samcart, PayPal, or just a link through a printing company on your own website, Amazon, etc. Whereas the publisher is going to take 90% of probably 50 to 90% of whatever you make. And the advertising fees will be taken away from you on top of that, meaning you're probably only making like a few dollars per book. And writing a book is it's for great for branding, but it's not great for business. Like trying to make a living off of being an author is wild. Like all the more power to whoever wants to do that. 
So self-publishing, why it's hard is because there's so much room for error. My first edition has typos galore, structural issues where lines are just skipped. Um, you're, you have to, you're doing it all on your own. And although I had an illustrator, a designer, a printer, um, the amount of time it takes to self-publish is six years versus one year of handing it to someone else and doing it. Also, who can do all the advertising for you, right? I haven't, I've barely been able to market this. The sales I've made have been through organic and just like my Instagram stories. So you don't really have time to focus on actually pre-selling the book, marketing the book, getting your message out there about the book. Um, and, and it is something that should, it's a team effort. You need like six different people. Like I just hired on my first assistant like a few weeks ago, but congrats. Well, thank you. But truly you need like 50 people working on this, the publishing, the marketing, whatever. And if you're doing yeah. it all on your own, it's just, it's, I help people do it, but those people have to be entrepreneurs with a lot of money and a lot of time. Yeah. Time um, and budget for sure. Yeah. On the, on the, like the pre-sales, cause you said it's sold out. Mm-hmm. Are you doing another, are you doing another run of books? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Um, we're actually in talks with people about turning it into a movie. So it's huge. It's, 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 it's going, it was like a life shift, a life shift within two weeks or so. And now I'm, I'm like, I need help. I need a team. I need an attorney. I need publisher, a literary agent. Like it's a whole three shift. Oh yeah. But, um, I know I'm, I'm like, what am I doing? I don't know what to do. Um, so what was your question? What were we talking about? I asked about, we got all caught up in the book and the movie deal. I asked what, if you're going to do another run of books. Oh, okay. Well, that's the, that's the issue. So we wanted to do another run of books, but now we have people saying like, this line can't be in it for copyright. This line can't be in it for copyright. Um, the book takes place as me as an assistant on the Sony picture studio lot. Is Sony going to have the movie? Is a different publishing? If they are, this publishing company has to go through legal rights to take it out. And we already sold the first edition. So there's so many things that go into it. So right now I'm working with people who have opinions. It sucks. Like you make something and now everyone has an opinion on what needs to happen. So they're all saying what needs to be taken out. And I'm working with a designer to take it out. And I, until the legalities are sorted out, I can't print version two. Um, but I'm printing version two. I, I told if we were to turn this into something creative like TV or movie, I will have producer rights, artistic and creative rights. And this is still going to be a book because, again, I want the story. The second you turn it into a movie, it turns rom com and funny, which is cute. But this is like empowering and self-development and stuff. So right. um, it sucks. I'm in this position where it's like it's kind of one of those legal things where it's sold out. And until I figure out the things legally, I can't um, print edition two. But there's a wait list, and the wait list is on the link in my bio, and people can they'll be the first alerted when version two comes out. Okay, I will link that in the show notes too, just so that people can sign up for the wait list. That's incredible. I had no idea about the movie deal, girl. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's talk about how you make decisions. Yeah, like 
Is. You have a lot of big decisions ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, like, I think everyone has a filter in which they make decisions. Yes. Especially career decisions, life decisions like this. What's your philosophy on that? Okay. I, number one, number one is if I have a decision, I create time for my, like a big decision. I create time for myself alone and I go on a really long walk. So th- I'm happy you asked this question because I've just solidified this process myself this past year. But big decision, I'm going to go on a long walk by myself and ask myself what I think of things first. I'm um, Christian. I identify as Christian, spiritual, whatever you want to call it. But talk to God. I pray. I meditate. I do all those things. Big on meditation. And then um, really have that personal combo. Get my – tap into my intuition. Really give it the chance to – me feeling what feels right, what feels wrong, what feels best. Where do I feel that in my body? And now if like, for example, if my throat's tight, that means that's my communication chakra, which means maybe I don't feel like my full truth is represented in this decision, which means that's a no-go. I need to feel in my body from a health psychologist perspective where this decision feels good and where it doesn't feel good. That truly helps me lean more one way or the other. But I'll always involve, um, this could be to my detriment, but I'll involve several opinions of people I trust. My business slash life coach will always go to them. Um, people who are experts in the industry and get a lot of opinions after that and then, um, return back to, okay, I have my opinion. I have theirs. And then it's pretty clear from there. It's like, Right now, I don't know if I'll turn this into a book because my intuition says that I think it'll taint the purpose of this story. So, you mean, you mean a movie? You said I don't think I'll turn it yeah, into a movie. Yeah, movie. Thank you. Okay, okay. Sorry, I just wanted to clarify. I was oh, like, yeah. it's a book. <laughs> oh, yeah. I might not turn my book into a movie because I think it might taint the story. So, that's a big decision I have to sort out. But yeah. um, that's what I do go on a long walk, ask yourself where you feel it in your body write things down, pray to your God or meditate or whatever, then ask, get other opinions of people you trust that are experts in the space, not just like random friends of yours, but experts in the space. And then that's how I make my decisions right now. It's kind of like you go in, then you go out mm-hmm. and then you come back in. Yes. Yeah. But I think I it's love that. we can't miss hearing other people's opinions, you know? Sure. Yeah. Or, or they're like, this is, this is my experience. This Mm -hmm. is, this is what happened to me. I think that's a really big element of, of decisions that, that we, I sometimes jump to that first. Yeah. You've actually really convicted me. I'm in the middle of some life decisions and choices right now too. Mm -hmm. And you've really convicted me. Even this entire week has just been insane. Mm -hmm. And Honestly, after every single time something happens, I'll call my dad, my mom, my husband, instead of sitting and being like, okay, Alexis, let's, let's evaluate. What do you really think about that? Where do you feel it in your body? Yeah. That is interesting. Like, where is that anxiety right now for you? Mine comes in my, I've been having headaches this week. I never get headaches. That's higher self. Yeah, like right here, like right in the front, it hurts. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'll get really hot all over. Okay. Okay. So, so no, that's Help amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. No, that's that, that is your cortisol running through your body, okay. which is you 
And, and since you have the headaches, that's a higher self. So from a health psychology perspective, we would say this is a decision for your higher self. You need to tap into that with like doing a meditation or taking time with yourself, your body showing you it's having that cortisol reaction is literally telling you, Alexis, please give me time with you to go like sit down and discuss with you, no one else's opinion. What if you think of the dream version of yourself, like, I don't know if you're in her today, if, if you stepped into the dream version of Alexis, um, if you're being her right now, like, what would she say about this? And like, like, Alexis, who is ruling the world, <laughs> like, what is she saying about the decision? How is she advising you? That will be really interesting. You'll have to tell me your answer. Well, just like, just my gut intuition, I think she would say, this is a distraction. I, I think it's distracting from your higher self. That's why you're getting these headaches. That is the chakra that um, up here, headache things. It's a lot of times like, and I'm not, you don't have to get woo woo about it, but what chakras are is ancient practitioners just found that people who are experiencing similar stressful situations experience somatic physiological pain in the same areas. And that's how they made the connection. So I don't even know if I believe in like spirituality of chakras, but if you feel pain up in your head, it could mean because you're having a um, that cortisol reaction. Also, the cortisol is released at the base of your neck, which is why a lot of your body is feeling hot. Um, so, yeah. That's if fascinating. A, if it's a distraction, say no. Say no if it's taking you away from you. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. I'm so thankful for learning that one. And thank you for sharing your story with us. I know I want to be respectful of your time. I know you have to jump, but I'd love for you to like all things that you've been learning and like the empowerment and um, everything that you've gone through with chronic illness and just like finding this journey back to yourself over the last couple of years. If someone's on that journey right now, what would you say to them? First of all, apologies if you hear the music in the background. <laughs> okay, good. My mom's a voice teacher, so there's like all this music playing. Um, okay. Journey back to yourself is um, – I have the answer to this. Okay. I like how you say journey back to yourself because we're always – I think we're born pure, and then we're always trying to like find our way back to us. Um and somebody even told me at my book launch, who's known me for a long time, they were like, we don't think you've changed into this totally different person. We just think you like went back to who you were. So here's what I'm going to say. If you're, it's similar to what we were just talking about, but this is what I would tell myself. If you're feeling lost, go get lost on purpose. So for me, it's like going to a random city and going on a walk down, grabbing a latte, going down a walk down a street, people watching whatever. If you can afford it, go travel. If you can do like a three-day vacation by yourself, Alexis, like an hour away in a cute little cabin where you feel safe or um, something like that, do it. But if you can only take a, a long drive and go on a long walk by yourself, go get lost. Walk aimlessly till you don't know where you are on purpose. For me, I, I had to travel across the globe and a lot of people have those experiences. They move somewhere and then their life has changed and they found them, came back to themselves. But really, it's go get lost because when you're lost, that is where you will find yourself through those journeys, through your experiences. If you're stuck, where people get stuck is they continue thinking about where they're stuck and what needs to happen is action. Action is not going to happen if you're laying on your bed like Patrick the Starfish thinking about it. 
So take action and throw yourself into experiences. Think of your life as a blank canvas and every experience you have as a different color from a paintbrush. You're throwing different colors on the canvas until the canvas becomes something you're proud of. And you become a masterpiece that you want to show off and share with the world. So those strokes, those different strokes from the the experiences you have, they're not going to happen unless you create a rich life full of getting a new hobby, trying something new, um, doing something different. And um, if the rain comes down on your canvas and washes it all away and you're just this like crumpled up piece of paper in a storm and you're feeling lost and broken or whatever, uh, the beauty of life is tomorrow's another day. So get back up, put a new canvas up and start recreating your life and yeah, get lost on purpose. That's what I would tell the lost people. Keep Go as lost as you can get. Like be as scared as you can be. Um, do the craziest thing imaginable and that will typically create something like a, a message from your mess. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much, Blair. Thank I am so thankful for your light that you give the world and give me as your friend. I love where, uh, where can people connect with you? I know that they can join the wait list via your bio. So uh, connect with you on Instagram. You can connect with my terrible marketing on Instagram. My it terrible is not marketing. terrible. I've been seeing those graphics and the testimonials you've been putting out. Don't be pooping on yourself. You look great. I have, I've never gotten less likes on testimonials because everything is video nowadays. You know, like everyone just wants video, but um, they can connect with me at, at Blair, B-L-A-I-R-E, Ward, W-A-R-D on Instagram. And my website's www.blairward.com. And you can find my wait list, either of those places. And... Yeah, go connect there because there's going to be a webinar coming up about self-love and kind of getting lost to find yourself again vibes. And um, it will be really empowering and I think people will enjoy it. And, I, and I'm, I'm trying to pull Alexis onto it right now as a guest speaker. So it would be awesome to have She's not you. trying. She, she didn't even have to try. I already said yes. So Yeah. yeah. So thank you. Yes, of course. Okay. I'll link that in the show notes so you guys can connect with Blair on Instagram. And thank you so much, friend. I really appreciate your time and your energy. And for everyone listening, I hope you have a beautiful day.